Hello, thank you for joining us here on Music Marvels with the Chick with Beats and Breezy Gibson. We're ready to do what we do every week. We got another dope show lined up for you as our special guest this week. We have Play the Renegade, so there's that interview to be on the lookout for. Of course, we got music industry news and beats by yours truly. So, you know, I'm pretty excited about it. How about you? Yeah, you know, time goes by, summertime in the mix. I mean, summertime in the mix, if you're in our hemisphere. (laughs) And so things are opening back up. It's a lot of stuff happening. So, you know, let's get it. All right, let's go.
Hey, thank you for tuning in to Music Marvels with a Chick with Beats and Breezy Gibson. We're very, very, very excited to let you know that we have the incredibly talented Play the Renegade joining us from sunny Los Angeles, California. How you feeling today? I'm feeling good, man. I appreciate you guys for having me on. Thank you. No doubt. And shout out to uh, KRXM Radio uh, for the connect. And uh, so, yeah, if you could just let our listeners know a little bit about who is Play the Renegade. You know, when did you decide that you needed music in your life? And, you know, just kind of give us the whole origin story. So a little rundown. Um, I've been doing music for years. So I think when I first started wanting to do music, I probably had to say at the age of probably like 10 years old, 11 years old, when I first heard Bow Wow's Beware the Dog now. He's one of the reasons I actually made me want to start rapping and stuff like that. So, you know, just from there on, you know, just from different types of music genres, from R&B to hip hop, to, you know, to old school music like The Temptations and all that, you know, music has always been a part of my life, so. Okay, that's what's up. So, okay, you know, with that being said, what do people need to know uh, anytime they listen to play The Renegade? What's the, the essence of your music trying to convey to them? Mm, just, I tell the truth. I'm about what I say, you know, and I always try to make sure people, you know, even people in the position that, you know, want to rap or, you know, always been told no or stuff like that. I want people to hear my music and know, like, anybody can do this. Like, it's possible as long as you feel me, you got the hustle to try. Anything you want to do, you can do this. So it's like when people hear my music, I want people to be feel uplifted. I want people to know, like, oh, okay, he's serious about what he say. Oh, you know, I may be cocky on some of the stuff I say, but hey, I'm just, you know, I'm just real. <laughs> I'm just honest, you know? Mm. Yeah, that's definitely an admirable quality and uh, you know, great to have in this day and age. Wouldn't you say, Breezy? Oh yeah, yeah. See, you you stepped in it, you know, with me when you when you mentioned the Temptations. The first thing I thought about was class, man. I thought man. about class. Okay, see, you know, now that you know those those brothers, what they did, you know, in in blazing the trail, blazing the trail a long time ago. Okay, you know, they they made it so much more easier for other artists that have come along but yeah when once you mention them oh you all in with me because i'm like oh it's like you just this is serious okay and you know you're believing in what you're doing but then you're uh, inspiring other people that hey if you can do whatever you feel like you can do and so on and so forth so yeah it's all good it's all good yeah, you know, I, I always tell people all the time, you know, especially when you're doing music, you can't be one sided, especially if you're a rapper. You always got to have a different ear with different genres, whether it be rock and roll, whether it be R&B, pop, anything. So it's like my ears in tune to a light, just music in general. I may be a rapper, but I'm also an artist that's in tune with other people's, you feel me, art music and all that so yeah that's why when i tell people a lot of times you know people don't believe me when i tell them r&b is probably one of my favorite you know genres <laughs> mm. yeah that's something that um you know I, I think that a lot of people kind of overlook because you know and i've you know made posts and stuff on social media like okay well i love you know tampering with different genres or whatever and people are like nope i'm just straight boom back i'm, I'm just straight hip-hop but hip-hop itself encapsulates all those other genres so how can I, you just be hip-hop without being a little bit r&b without being a little bit rock or you know whatever yeah. else there is so yeah that that says a lot that you recognize that and you know just kind of 
uh, embrace it as opposed to fighting it the way some artists do. So, yeah, you know, one thing, um, you know, it's been kind of tough with the pandemic and not, not being able to do live shows the way that we once were. But um, how have you been able to kind of adapt around that so far? Yeah, you know, it's been kind of hard since the pandemic hit, you know, with even trying to go to live venues and shows like that. But, you know, with by, by the grace of God through KRXM, you know, we're able, I'm able to, you know, do live shows. And every time they have events, I'm able to do certain things here and there. So I can, you know, broadcast my talent to all my fans and everybody that do want to see me. So, you know, these live shows on, you know, Instagram Live and stuff like that. that I honestly feel that's going to be the future of a lot of shows. Like if people don't feel comfortable going out to certain venues and stuff like that, I feel there's going to be a lot of rappers out there just or a lot of entertainers out there in general, you know, that's going to just do live, start doing a lot of live concerts and stuff like that on uh instagram live and stuff like that so you know since the pandemic and stuff like that you know it's been cool you know just been able to perform live and stuff like that on insta even though you can't perform in front of every like all your fans you know personally and face to face absolutely and you know a lot of the industry experts are predicting that that's how it's going to be it's going to be a mix so yeah you got the people that have been sitting at home and can't wait to get back out and get you know back to shows but then you also have the people that you know maybe weren't really doing shows or going you know before or those that were going and found out that they like being at home so you're right um you know it's going to be necessary to cater to both audiences in order to maximize it so you know so far we haven't even been that deep into the interview but you've provided so much insight you can tell that you're monitoring what's going on you know you're a forward thinker and you know how has that helped you so far in your career it's helped me it's helped me pretty good you know and i got a good team around me too you know my manager he helps me with a lot of things like that too we talk daily so you know we bounce different ideas off of each other you know, and me personally, I always feel like if you're an artist, especially if you're a hip-hop artist, stuff changes every day in our genre. You got to stay in tune with what's going on. Like, you got to get on these blogs. You got to get on certain, you know, social media sites and look at all this stuff and see what's trending and see what's going on. So if you can capitalize and see what's going on and kind of get, you know, ahead of the competition, because that's why I look at a lot of these rappers at sometimes. It's competition. Well, not sometimes, all the time. Like, you got to get ahead of the competition. So, yeah, you know, you just got to do your research and do your homework. So it's been working out pretty good so far. Like, I've been ahead of a lot of my competition so far. Mm, breezy. Are, are you hearing what he's saying? Like, that's the whole essence of music marbles. That's right. That's right. You know, and, and so um, being ambidextrous is a great thing. You know, and so we, you put that, that research in ahead of time, you know, stay ahead of the game, just uh, keep keep flowing with it. Keep flowing. Yeah, you got to, you got to. Like that's for any rapper. Like I tell people, make sure you study your craft. Like every day, make sure you study something about your craft, whether it be. Hold it right there. Hold. Repeat that one more time. <laughs> make sure you, for all you rappers out there, even up and coming, make sure you study your craft. That's oh, the main thing. Man. That's it. There you go. There I'm you just go. saying. Study your crap. Oh yeah. Okay. Now, now you really in with me? Now you really in? With me. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, you, I'm just saying, man. You gotta be. You, when you love something and you passionate about something, 
don't you want to get better at it? Like, you don't want to just be mediocre at it. You want to get better at it. So, you know, whether that be, you know, if you, like I said, if you're an artist, you know, whether that's writing every day and, you know, trying to get better at songwriting every day, whether, you know, that's beat making, whether it's anything, promotion, anything, you want to be the best and I want to be the best at everything that I do. So uh -oh. I make uh -oh. sure I study my craft. Uh-oh, well said. Well, well read, well said. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Indeed. So, you know, that's something that's, you know, we really support around here. Uh, yep. We try our best to make sure, you know, and that's one of the reasons why we do the interviews, because everybody has their own stories that can right. help each other. So by sharing your journey, your wisdom, the things you've learned along the way, that's helping other artists. And so, you know, that's something that we're big on. We have our music industry news segments for the exact reason that you just explained about how important it is to observe what's going on so you can get better and you can understand what moves to make uh, to have the music career that you want to have. So, uh, yeah, yeah, you definitely, we, we uh, usually wait till we're almost done with the interview, but I already feel like we got to have you back uh, in the very near future. <laughs> hey, whenever y'all want me on here, I'm available. Just let me know. It's not a problem. Just let me know. If that's what's up. <laughs> So yeah, yeah. Um, if you could maybe let us know a little bit about some of the projects that you've done already, and okay. uh, you know what they mean to you, kind of what they signify, and and the the purpose that they serve uh, when you uh, were inspired to create them. Okay, so my first project that I've been like I said I've been doing music for a long time, but I just got back into it and found my passion like maybe a year and a half, a couple years ago. So the first song that I wrote, well, one of the songs that I wrote, and it wasn't even going to be one of my first lead singles, which was funny. It was called, it's called, right, it's called That's Me. And how I got inspired by that song, and it's kind of funny, I was sitting in the car one day, just smoking, just vibing to some of the beats that one of my producers sent me, shout out to my boy Ronnie Lee, you know, that made the beat, you know. I'm sitting there vibing out, vibing out. And for some odd reason, I said this in one of my Instagram posts, and I think it's so funny. And I, when I told my manager this, he kind of laughed too. I told him like the song, I don't know if anybody's seen it, that's so Raven. And every time at the end of her little song, she'd be like, that's me. And for some odd reason, it kept sticking in my head. And then I'm just kind of sitting there just like, huh. And the beat going, the beat going, I'm like, who could bust a bag in a day? That's me. Just talk shit and back it up, and it just kind of start flowing and kind of coming together. And the meaning behind the track, you know, is just coming out, you know, talking about who I am, what I'm about, you know, and just how cocky I am, how confident I am. You know, when I want people to get from the track, you know, I want you to vibe to it, party to it, you know, and just know, like, you know, anybody, like I said, anybody can do this if you study your craft. Like, don't never let nobody tell you you can't do nothing. If anybody tell you that you can't do something, they just hating on you. Mm -hmm. I'm just being honest. Mm -hmm. That is the, the the little part at the end of that so Raven. It's crazy how inspiration can come from like the <laughs> the craziest places. And like, yeah, I used to love that show, by the way. <laughs> Man, I'm just saying, as entertainers, you pull from any and everywhere. Like rappers will tell you all the time, or different artists will tell you all the time. Like a lot of their songs and a lot of our songs come from either movies or TV shows. You know, I'm a big movie. I'm a big movie fanatic. I'm a big TV fanatic. So it's like it's almost always natural. You're gonna see a lot of movie or TV theme or influence a lot of my either videos or a lot of my songs. So 
Mm. Man, that's incredible, isn't it, Breeze? Yeah, it is. It really is. And so, you know, I mean, it's like uh, we're in a happy spot right now because the the, the flow that's coming, you, you know, I mean, play you. You're dynamic, man. You know, I'm, I'm not trying to be like also ran or it, but you're dynamic and, and it's coming through in, in multiple levels. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, I, hey, I'm excited. Um, looking for some great things, you know, that, that, the things that you're doing, you just keep continuing those things. And, and uh, you know, because now also there's some leadership in there. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of leadership in there because the, the some of the younger folks, they've got to know to gravitate to you because of the leadership that you're showing and what you're in, in your, in your conversation. So uh, folks not going to take you lightly, man, because you know, yeah, that's hey that word trailblazer that's coming out now too. Okay, so now, okay, so now do this, do this for me. Share. Okay, let's go way back. I mean, way okay. back. Okay, so now, if you you put the, your foot in there when you were around 10, 11 years old, and so forth. Okay, now we know that you know there's a certain magnetism coming out <laughs> from the 10 to 11 year old range. And, you know, okay, so but now when you were you were introduced. At what point in the 10 to 11 year age range did you actually realize that, hey, I'm, they like me. Uh, I'm, I'm getting these compliments and everything. You know what? I think I can do this. Let me do more. So what was that like? You know, can you remember that first moment when? So what? it wasn't even, it wasn't even at the 10 or 11 in age range when I started getting kind of compliments like that. It was more so like the 12, 13, when I really okay. started kind of playing with it a little bit more. And then okay. when I would kind of, you know, then when I would kind of like freestyle and stuff like that in front of like my, you know, my exes and stuff like that, you know, some different girls and stuff. They say, oh, you good. And I freestyle in front of some of the homies. You know, oh, that's kind of cool. But then I also had some people at one point tell me, oh, you ain't that good. Like, oh, you shouldn't be doing this or you shouldn't be doing that. So it would be discouraging at times, you know, in that age range as a teenager, because come on now, everybody wants to be liked as a teenager. Everybody wants yeah. to be cool. So... You know, it didn't, you know, I didn't start really, really gaining my cockiness and confidence to like my 16, 17 range. That's we'll see, we'll like, see. Those, those naysayers were, they were lighting that fire. Mm-hmm. Little did they know. Yeah. <laughs> Little did they know. I'm just saying. Because when people now, when people, as, a, as at 27, when people tell me no, I just be like, oh, okay, well, I was I already had a backup plan anyway. I was just you know just seeing anyway, so that's cool. Next, I'm on to the next thing. I don't I don't sit and wait for nobody. Just like when people tell me all the time, like you know, oh I want to hop on your track. Oh, okay, cool. If I send you the beat in like two or three days, and you know I'm trying to communicate with you back and forth, and you start acting Hollywood on me, then it's like okay, cool. Never mind, I do it myself. Mm-hmm. Then when you hear the song and the song come out dope, you're like, damn, I thought we were supposed to hop on it together for what? You took too long. You took your time. I'm not on your time. I kept trying to go back and forth with you. Same thing with producers. Producers do the same thing. But you know, you know that's another another topic for another time. (laughs) (laughs) 
So, so, so no matter what element in you're, anybody's in, you still have to come proper. You still have to come correct. So right. if somebody exactly. gives you an opportunity and you, you lag on it, you don't respond, that's 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 their fault. You know, so. mm -hmm. Man, dreams don't wait for nobody. Oh, that's there you true. go. <laughs> dreams don't wait for nobody. Dreams don't sleep. I'm just saying. Mm -hmm. You know, you you gotta, you know, you gotta want it. You gotta want it. If you don't want it as bad as you want air every day, then you ain't never gonna achieve nothing. Man. Hello. Yep. <laughs> like that is heavy. So um, yeah, that's something I definitely agree with. You know, I'm big on opportunity cost. So right. you know, if I'm waiting on you, then I'm losing out on my end. So yeah, exactly. I, I feel you on that. So, um, you know, once again, we really appreciate you know, all the gems and stuff that you came through and dropped. But, um, you know, if you could make sure that you let everybody know uh, where they can connect with you and keep up with what you got going on. Um, now's a good time to share all your socials, all the platforms you on and all that good stuff. Right. I'm most that they most definitely could follow me on Instagram. That's what I mainly own. P-L-A-A-Y, the Renegade, T-H-J Renegade, uh, Instagram, all that. You know, make sure to follow me at all those social media. Pretty much play the renegade at everything. And make sure you look out for that sweet. Well, pretty much look out for my new merch that's coming out soon. Stoner Thoughts. And keep uh, my new single, that's me. Keep streaming and keep adding me to the playlist. All right. That's what's up. And, um, you know, if there are any lasting thoughts that you want to leave with the audience, um, you know, like I said, you've already shared so much wisdom, but if, if you got any more or anything that you just want the world to know, you can share that now. Just stay on it. Stay hungry. You know, like I tell everybody, you know, it's, it's a competition. You know, I, like I, it's a competition. You know, stay in your race. Make sure, you know, keep doing what y'all supposed to be doing. You know, just stay on your hustle. Stay on your grind. Right, that's what's up and breezy yeah if you have um, another question or a comment you'd like to leave play with oh yeah i got a comment definitely most definitely <laughs> see that right there um i'm an entrepreneur okay but see what you just dropped that that put a mirror right in front of my face i'm like uh oh okay right. this thing's a competition this thing's a competition uh oh tie up these loose ends uh oh uh, keep your ears open so you can get better, learn more. Uh-oh, and see that. Uh-oh, and uh-oh, and uh-oh. So, hey, uh, my hat's off to you for spending the time with us and, and inspiring our listeners you know, from Sea to Shine and Sea and beyond. So, it's all good. Appreciate it, and I really appreciate it for y'all having me on. I would love to come back. Whenever y'all need me back, just let me know. Yes, sir. Yeah, we will definitely be in touch. And, you know, even if you've got something coming up and you haven't heard back from us yet, you can feel free to reach out. We've got an open door here. And, uh, yeah, we'll just thank you for your time, your energy, and uh, sharing all your wisdom with us. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. All right. Renegade. Yes, and that was Play the Renegade. Man, just a forward thinker very intelligent and i just love the fact that he just came through just dropping gems left and right and i really really look forward to having him back on the show again soon yeah you know he has a certain intrinsic value that <laughs> um, most people can absorb and, and it, that value can take them to higher heights so yeah it was really great for him to come through yes indeed all right we're gonna break into some more music by yours truly and then we'll be right back after that with music industry news
right, we're back with music industry news. First up, YouTube has announced that it paid the music industry over $4 billion in the last 12 months. They're saying that the money was mostly obtained from YouTube ads and YouTube music and YouTube premium subscriptions. So the payment was equivalent to approximately 20% of what it earned in ad revenue last year across the entire platform. So, I mean, if you take a look at it, more than 30%, which is about 1.2 billion, came from user-generated content. So, you know, apparently they're doing big things. Um, it's, it's something to be looking forward to that they're actually paying out that kind of money. Uh, many people believe that it could be more, which, you know, I'm never gonna argue that. I believe that creators should be paid more, but it's headed in the right direction. <laughs> yeah, filling filling those pockets up, filling those accounts up. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And speaking of YouTube, they're expanding their TikTok rival called Shorts to the UK, Canada, Latin America, and now it's letting users tap YouTube for the music to add to it. So, you know, as we've talked about this before, you know, around the time that it launched, because it came out first in India and then came to the U.S., so now it's opening up a little bit more. And the fact that they're letting users dip across the pool for the YouTube catalog for videos is going to be uh, pretty fascinating. So, you know, just with TikTok being as big as it is, YouTube kind of had to pull a move that significant in order to gain some of that traction. So it makes sense. It's going to be interesting to see how that holds up. Yeah, it's all under one big umbrella. And that's the BM umbrella. And that's business. Yes, indeed. All right, so Patreon is joining forces with She Said Dot So to increase equality in the music industry. So She Said Dot So is a worldwide network of women and gender minorities in the music industry, and their goal is trying to increase exposure. So this partnership here, um, Patreon and She Said Dot So will be co-hosting a series of virtual and physical events throughout the year to kind of broaden the conversation about how creators can more easily tap into the digital economy. So one of uh, Patreon's founders, Sam Yam, says that NFTs are creating a sense of scarcity again, and that's where people are starting to see the real value of uniqueness. So, you know, it kind of goes back to back in the days when you would actually buy that album and hold it in your hands and look at it, read the liner notes and stuff while it's spinning, you know, whether it was vinyl, CDs, tapes, people are kind of missing that connection. And so NFTs are kind of offering that for people. So, you know, I thought that was a really, really good point to make because in this current uh, age, you know, with everything being so digital, I mean, which is convenient, but, you know, a lot of people aren't really connecting to the music the same way that they used to because it's not really tangible like it used to be. So although NFTs aren't necessarily tangible, it's still something special that you can own and you know that there's only so many copies of it, if any exist at all. So, you know, I, I think that's a great point and it's definitely something to be looking at. Hey, as I say, you know, business flows and business goes. So, you know, let's yeah. let's Let's learn more. Let's absorb it. Yes. And speaking of NFTs, Lil Dicky's song, Save That Money, is the first ever music publishing NFT. So this is a really big deal when you look at it, and it just makes 
perfect sense. So a lot of artists are selling their music as NFTs and maybe different pieces of art or whatever connected to it, which is totally awesome. But this actually allows the, the purchaser of the NFT to be able to continuously collect income from it. So the highest bidder will receive a slice of all future mechanical, public performance and sync royalties for the song that was released back in 2015. So this means that, you know, whoever wins the bid, they'll generate income every single time the song is streamed, sold, broadcast, or licensed. That's heavy, ain't it? <laughs> will it ever stop? Nope. It's, <laughs> going, it's flowing, so it's going. Yeah, so apparently this was led by Royalty Exchange. And so, you know, they're they're trying to move into doing this more frequently so that way people who invest in it will be able to buy into the catalogs using the Ethereum cryptocurrency. So right now they have their own RXT, which actually has a genuine underlying value. So it's not a theoretical one. So as you uh, collect the money, you'll either be able to continue to hold it in cryptocurrency or you can switch it out for cold, hard cash. And so you know, there's always value in that. So that's something exciting to be paying attention to, looking out for, you know, for multiple reasons. One, if you're interested in investing, there's something to be looking at. And two, as an artist, if that's something that you're interested in doing, um, you can kind of mirror some of these moves or, you know, improve upon it and make it your own. <laughs> hey, <laughs> there's some strong stuff happening in the world. And, and so, you know, I'm glad that, you know, this segment always brings forth uh, the latest and the greatest of what's taking place. Yes, yes. Um, you know, it's just so much happening all the time that, you know, it's kind of hard to kind of be tapped into everything. So we hope to kind of alleviate some of that for you so you can get the highlights of what's happening to make sure that you're informed and you can make the best decisions that you possibly can for your own music career. <laughs> all right. The song trader has acquired the music agency called Massive Music. So this deal happens to be Song Trader's fourth acquisition of this year already. So, you know, we're in June of 2021 and they've they've been buying up stuff left and right. So Song Trader has over 300,000 tracks licensed through the system and more than 1.5 million tracks on this platform. So with that connection with Massive Music, which creates and curates music, and sonic branding is what they say solutions for uh, music management and international brands even including nike heineken apple and more so with these two partnering up it's going to be something serious so it'll be interesting to see uh what will happen in the future because they said that they're looking to you know better service the business to business music industry and quote unlock significant growth potential so, I mean, you know, anytime you talk about growth potential, you know, the ears kind of perk up and I'm excited to see what's going to come forth from that. All right. And Universal has managed to turn its roster of stars into $42 billion in, you know, worth. So they just decided to sell 10% of Universal to Pershing Square, which is a, a special purpose acquisition company. And so because of this deal, that's what allowed them to be valued at $42.4 billion. And, um, you know, they're just kind of building their their roster up a little bit more and just taking a foothold in the industry. So of the recorded music revenue that was made in 2020, 
32.1% of that was held by Universal, which is pretty impressive. But just in case you didn't know, you'll never guess who came in second with 31.4% independence. So independent artists are ahead of Sony and Warner as far as the uh, recorded music revenue went for 2020. And I felt that that was just as exciting as the fact that Universal had such a large piece of the pie, but the independents are coming for that spot. And I love everything about that. <laughs> good deal. Sounds like a good deal. Yes. All right. And the House Judiciary Committee questioned Spotify about its discovery mode feature, which, you know, is a really good thing that they're doing that because most people are saying it's basically payola. So the purpose of the discovery mode is that artists can forego a, a chunk of their royalties in order to be listed in the discovery mode or have their music featured. So of course, when Spotify presented it, they made it sound like, oh, this is this awesome thing that you get to be a part of. You get to choose what albums and songs you want on there, but you just have to give us a percentage of the royalties. So that way they keep it and you don't actually get it. Now, most people already know, Spotify already only pays fractions of a penny per stream. And now they don't even want to give you that if you decide that you want to be put on the discovery mode. So legislators are saying that they wanted to engage with Spotify to protect artists and the music business. And they were quoted as saying core copyright industries like music play an integral role in the U.S. economy. And the vitality of the industry is undermined when artists hard work is undervalued. I love that quote so much because it's very true. And so, you know, in the letter, they stated that and they asked reps to respond by June 16th. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, Spotify is usually pretty good at uh, retorts and kind of doing the magician's trick, making you look one way before you realize they really didn't answer your question. But we'll see what happens. Okay. All right. And some news for the hip hop heads. Chuck D, MC Light, and Questlove Smithsonian Anthology of Hip Hop and Rap is dropping this summer. So the anthology was developed by the Smithsonian in connection with members of the hip hop community, including those mentioned and Ninth Wonder. And the committee reached out to over 50 artists, scholars, DJs, photographers, filmmakers, and a whole lot more to put their input into it to make sure that they weren't missing anything. So. You know, that's pretty exciting for all the lovers of hip hop to see what they've got coming up. <laughs> hey, I mean, it, this is wonderful. It's just yeah. wonderful. <laughs> Reservoir purchased Tommy Boy Music in a deal worth $100 million, and they plan to work with De La Soul to get their music back on streaming platforms. So, this is another huge win for hip hop heads everywhere. <laughs> You know, we've heard a lot of bad stuff about Tommy Boy in the past, one from De La Soul and of course from Jizza, who actually name checked them in the song about labels. So, you know, they kind of have a history for unfairly uh, taking advantage of, of artists and not really paying them what they were worth. So now that Reservoir has purchased them, they're intending to do the right thing. And so hopefully they'll go ahead and uh, stick by that. A couple of Reservoir's board members were also members on the board at Tommy Boy. So they had an equity interest in both companies. So we'll see what's going to go on there. Um, they're going to keep marketing the Tommy Boy catalog under the Tommy Boy label. But now it'll just have different 
ownership. So under new management, hopefully good things will come from that. Well, let's hope so. Yeah. All right. We've talked about hypnosis songs on quite a bit and um, kind of looking at what they've been doing over the past year. I mean, it makes sense why it popped up, you know, week after week after week. But now their music catalog is worth over $2.2 billion. So as of March of this year, there were 64,555 songs across 138 catalogs. So that was just as of March of this year. But from March of last year up until March of this year, they acquired 84 catalogs for 1.06 billion and an average of 12.6 million per deal. So, I mean, they've they've been spending money. And as we've mentioned on here before, if you're watching where, where these people are putting it, it's all towards music catalogs and music rights and royalties. So, I mean, I don't think we can state this enough. It's so important to make sure that you have everything filed so that way you can collect what you're owed from your music because the, the royalties is where the money is and if that's what you want you know if you want to make money off of your art and um you know just just make sure that you've got your your eyes dotted and your t's crossed and everything so you don't miss out on what's going on very very so you got to be very succinct about that well the uh, indie artists as well as as, as professionals you got to be succinct about that because um that's why you're in the game. That's why you're in the mix is to provide music uh, for people globally, but at the same time, hopefully, um, earn a, re- a return on your work. And so, um, so you got to stay on top of that, and, and not just uh, and make sure that you're return you're, you're receiving those returns and not uh, being taken for a ride. Yes, yes, exactly. And, uh, you know, speaking of putting in work, Snoop Dogg is joining Def Jam as a strategic consultant. So he's going to stay based in L.A., but he'll be working with Universal Music Group CEO and Chairman Lucian Grange and Jeffrey Harrelson, who is uh, Def Jam's interim chairman and CEO. So, you know, that's that's a big deal. Everybody knows that he's got some years in the game, but um, for him to be moving into the role of strategic consultant is pretty cool I think yeah well was, uh, I'm sure they signed him to a non-disclosure those <laughs> uh, <laughs> are agreement on the money so you know, there's some, some funds changing hands that's for sure yes yeah absolutely as you know you notice you see him everywhere you watching commercials all of a sudden Snoop Dogg there popping up so um, yes he's a talented artist a very very capable businessman so yeah i agree it's it's probably for a large bag that we won't ever know about but yeah (laughs) kudos to him all right and just in case anybody listening doesn't know i am from kalamazoo and this little bit of news is kind of local but the kalamazoo institute of arts uh, received a sixty-five thousand dollar grant for a temporary exhibition that will be displayed next year and it actually focuses on the music industry in the 1950s when women were starting to find their voice in a male-dominated industry and society. So, you know, if you're listening and you're anywhere near uh, Southwest Michigan, you definitely want to make sure that you check that out when it comes 
uh, next year. So I'm really excited to check it out and see that bit of history. I always think that it's great when uh, women's work in the industry gets highlighted because, you know, truth be told, it's not really happening that often. So it's good every time some light is shined on it. So that way, you know, we don't get overlooked. So kudos to them for bringing the exhibition. Yeah, I agree with you totally. Yep. Yes. All right. And Warner Music Group has signed a strategic global partnership with SongClip. So SongClip has been uh, doing some some interesting stuff uh, as far as technology is concerned. So when it's integrated with other apps, their interface allows users to search for and share music clips in everything from social media to even dating profiles. So with Warner snatching this up, it's going to be really interesting to see how they utilize this technology. And um, yeah, just to kind of see <laughs> what's going to come forth from that. Mm. <laughs> you know, and I'd like to say to all the peeps that are out there right now, you know, these types of, of news tips, music news tips that are brought about, um, they're designed um, totally to educate and totally to make you aware of what's going on because there's so much that that it's uh, an informational superhighway just with these tidbits. So uh, thanks for listening in and thanks for sharing this, these kind of tips or at least the show with your buddies and friends and so forth because you can walk away learning a whole lot from this. Mm-hmm. Yep, that was the whole goal. And so uh, now this is kind of... of an interesting thing that just recently occurred. So Universal Music Group and Piaz striked a strategic global alliance. And so basically what happened was Universal gave Piaz an undisclosed amount of funding and they'll have access to Piaz's global distribution network. But what's weird about this is that Universal isn't taking an equity or a minority stake in the company and Piaz will still remain fully independent. So to be receiving a large chunk of change but not taking over the company isn't really heard of that often. So when you kind of dig into it, and this is just, you know, theories behind the reason why they're not taking stake in it, but just kind of benefiting from giving them the money is that when Universal decided to acquire EMI back in 2012, the European Commission required that they divest a collection of assets, which later became the Parlophone Label Group, and they couldn't reacquire any of those assets for 10 years, which will be up next year. So Universal also sold its co-op division to Piaz back in 2013. So it looks like they may be trying to avoid getting in trouble for that. And maybe we'll hear later that they do have a stake in it. But, you know, it'll it'll be kind of interesting to see uh, what comes from that. And, you know, it's always like little moving pieces in the background that we don't tend to know too much about until stories like this break. But um, yeah, it'll be kind of interesting because what just three months ago, Universal had already launched their Virgin Music label and artist services. So that's for its own distribution services for like independent artists and labels. So for them to kind of make this move so close to that, you know, they've got to be planning something big. So it looks like maybe they're coming for um, that slice that independents already have in the music revenue pie. But yeah, we'll see. Time will tell. Once we have more information, we'll definitely share that with you. 
That's a TWT. Like you say, time will tell. <laughs> yes. All right. And that does it for music industry news for this week. Just hang out for a bit. We got a quick music break and then we'll be back to close out the night with you. That's a wrap for this week's edition of Music Marvels with the Chick with Beats and Preezy Gibson. We're glad that you spent this time with us and we can't wait to do it again next week. That's right. That's right. You know, and as the as the seasons are evolving and, and different things are happening on the on the um, uh, worldwide scene, especially with music, a lot of folks are up and at them, pretty happy about uh, the return of uh, some live music, you know, whether it be out in parks or amphitheaters or, or even indoors. So um, happy days are, are ahead. So uh, you can uh, raise your hand to that and have a put a smiley face on. <laughs> yes, yes. Some return to normalcy that includes more live music. I mean, you know, it's just a beautiful thing. And uh, so, yeah, we will be back next week, same time, same place. Tune in, tell a friend, and we'll see you then. Peace. Peace.